Hi everyone, Amanda here, and this is Planned, Prepped, and Productive, the podcast where I'm helping you simplify your meal plans, simplify your schedule so you can simplify your life. This is episode number 36, five productivity methods to get more done. As moms, we're constantly trying to get more done right. Time really seems to be the enemy. You want to spend more time with your kids, your family, or even on yourself doing the things you love, but instead you feel trapped with the endless mundane tasks of motherhood, cooking, cleaning, laundry, again, cooking, again, diapers, carpool, the list goes on and on. So I talk a lot about how you can strategize a lot of these tasks and make them less time-consuming than they were before. For example, meal planning and meal prep can help you spend less time cooking, outsourcing can help you spend less time cleaning, Teaching your kids to help can help you get more done. There's a, lot of the, there's a lot of different strategies here that will work, but at the end of the day, there are just so many tasks for a mom to get done. So how can you get those tasks done quickly so that you can actually get to the things that you want to do or believe in doing? Or if you're a mom that works at home, how can you get more tasks done for your at-home business to make room for the rest of your life? There are obviously a host of factors at play here. You could ask yourself if you're sleeping well. You can ask what your stress is like. Are you taking breaks? Are you only doing the most important things? All of these things could be a podcast topic on their own, but I want to talk specifically about the ways that you can get more done in your home faster. Or the ways that you can see you actually are getting a ton done as a mother, even when you go to bed without showering and spaghetti still in your hair. So to do that today, I'm going to go over five different productivity methods and talk about the kinds of tasks you could use each one for. Okay, so I'm going to go into these five different methods. I'm not going to go into crazy amounts of detail on each one, but hopefully give you just a little taste of what the method looks like, and I'll share what types of tasks each system will be best for. The truth is, I use a combination of productivity methods based on the types of tasks that I'm doing, and I think choosing just one method for productivity is a huge mistake, particularly as moms, we are required to wear so many hats. So it only makes sense that we need to use different tools and different methods for the different types of tasks that we're required to do. For a while, I was on the hunt for that perfect method that would meet all of my needs. I found that being flexible and using bits and pieces of all of the different systems out there is so much better for my actual productivity and is more what real life looks like. Okay, so let's dig into these methods. The first method I want to talk about is called Eat That Frog, and this method is based on a book by Brian Tracy. Uh, Before we dig into this method, we need to identify what a frog is because it's actually really easy to get this wrong based on how Brian Tracy wrote it. Anyway, the idea of eating that frog came from a quote by Mark Twain who said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. So this system should be simple, right? Choose the most annoying task you have to do today and do it first thing in the morning, done. But it's a little bit more complicated than that. Tracy says that you have to choose tasks that you are likely to avoid first, that's where that frog comes in, and that are also likely to make the biggest impact on your life. So in order to do that, this system is actually about goal setting. So the first thing you need to do is identify what your biggest goal is. Then you set a deadline Then you write down all of the necessary tasks for completing this goal, 
And then that frog analogy really comes into play. Once you know the needed tasks and you've identified what's actually the most important to you, so what will have the biggest impact, then you're ready to take action. Tracy suggests starting with the ugliest task on your to-do list first, eating that frog. To continue with forward motion, choose at least one task that moves you toward your goal and do it first thing every day. Okay, so now that you understand the system, how can you use the system? This system is best for goal setting and forward motion. So those big things that you've been putting off or avoiding for a long time, this system would be a good way to really tackle them, to dig into what actually needs to happen to make it happen and start making forward motion. But since this system is based on goal setting, it's probably not going to help you with mundane jobs like laundry that have to get done but don't propel you forward towards your goals. So we'll look at other productivity methods for those kinds of tasks. Speaking of, we're moving into method number two, which is the timer method. I don't know if this is a real method, but I can almost guarantee that it's already being used by moms everywhere. So the timer method is loosely based on the Pomodoro method. Pomodoro method says that you should set a timer for 25 minutes and then work as effectively as you can with no distractions for those 25 minutes. After 25 minutes, you take a five minute break. After four rounds, you take a longer break and repeat. While the system as written sounds great for a work day, as a mom, I feel like my day is a little bit too unpredictable to expect to work on something uninterrupted for really any period of time, let alone 25 whole minutes. So here's how I alter it to work for me. I pick a task and a reasonable amount of time to accomplish that task, and then I set a timer. Then I race the clock to get it done. This method gets used a lot in our house, particularly with cleaning tasks that I really hate. So what kinds of tasks or situations is this method of productivity best for? For me, this is best for those mundane and undesirable tasks of medium importance. So the house cleaning, uh, sometimes cooking, the things that have to be done but that aren't really propelling you forward or bringing you much joy. This method is also really great for getting kids helping. Kids are great at trying to beat the clock and it makes those tasks seem a little bit more like a game. So what isn't this system good for? I don't find that this system helps me achieve big goals as much as say that eat that frog method, though it could if you took the time to separate large goals into smaller 25 minute tasks, but that seems a little bit mundane and unnecessary to me. So I prefer other methods for accomplishing those really big goals, but I do find this method extremely effective for those need to get done tasks that aren't particularly fulfilling. Okay, third on the list is the anti-to-do list. This idea to me is really, really fun. So the anti-to-do list is basically a done list. You know those days that you feel like you got absolutely nothing done or the unexpected urgent things kept popping up and keeping you from the things that you wanted to get done? That's where the done list comes in. So to make an anti-to-do list, at the end of the day, you write down not everything that you have to do, but everything that you got done. This is super empowering and motivating. You know those people that add things to their to-do list just to cross it off? They might have been onto something. The anti-to-do list isn't something that I do personally every day, but I think it can be pretty powerful, especially when I feel like I'm in a rut and like I'm not accomplishing as much as I would like to. So for you, this system is best for building motivation it's also really great for positive reinforcement. As a dietitian, I'm always 
telling people to add things to their diet instead of taking things away because that way every time they eat a vegetable or they drink a glass of water, they're winning and they're getting that positive reinforcement. And I feel like the anti-to-do list kind of follows that same kind of psychology where you might start doing things just because you get to write it down after and that will kind of propel you forward and get you excited about doing things again, especially if you're feeling really burnt out or stuck where you are. So I really like it for that motivating aspect. The system is not as good for, again, accomplishing specific goals because you're not taking the time to really break down your goals. You're less likely to get it done using an anti-to-do list. It's also challenging to keep track of specific tasks, again, because this is all about focusing on what you've gotten done instead of what you have to do. And while I think this can be really powerful, I don't think that this system is effective on its own without some combination with some of these other methods to really propel you forward toward your big goals. Okay, next up, we have the Eisenhower matrix, number four. Um, You've almost certainly heard of this method, even if you don't know that you have. So this is the one where you make a cute little graph of your to-do list and split it out into four different matrices. So on the side, you have urgency, and on the top and bottoms, you have importance. So after you've created your graph, You're gonna write out your to-do list and put each task in the appropriate category. So I'll try and make this a little bit more clear. This is one of those things that's a little challenging to demonstrate, I guess, with just my voice, but you'll have urgent and important tasks and they go in the top left. Non-urgent and unimportant tasks go in the bottom right. So after you've gone through this process and organized your to-do list, it's really clear which things you need to work on first. It's also clear that you might have some tasks that need to leave your list altogether, those in the non-urgent, non-important category usually. I really like this method and I use it frequently. I find it's best for mapping out your entire to-do list. So it's a really good method for taking a to-do list like a mom's that is very varied in the different types of tasks that are on it and making it all make sense in one place. So that's really important to me and I find that really useful about the Eisenhower matrix. I also find that this is the best method for helping me weed out unimportant tasks. I don't know about you, it should be really simple to decide what things we can push to next week, what things we can just... I really struggle with that and like to keep everything on my to-do list. So when I'm starting to feel really overwhelmed, it's a good time for me to really sort through my to-do list and get rid of things that aren't serving me. And this method works really well for that. This method is not as good for getting through tasks quickly. There's not really any urgency associated with organizing your to-do list in this way. This system also doesn't help you get through those important but not urgent tasks because we know that just because they're not urgent, they do eventually need to be done. And this system can encourage you to just continue to put those off. So again, the system is very useful, but it's more useful in combination with some of the other systems. Okay, last up, we have block scheduling. Block scheduling is something I've heard a lot about recently and has gotten a lot of hype, especially for moms. And I can see why there's certainly a lot of benefits to a block schedule system. The idea behind block scheduling is that you split your day into different blocks and put tasks into their own organized blocks. So for example, you might have your work block during your kid's nap time, and then maybe you'll have your cleaning block 
in the early afternoon and your bedtime block and homework block. It, you see what I'm saying? So you're organizing tasks into a specific chunk of time that makes sense for you and your family. So for me, I love block scheduling for my kids because it has the potential to be very visual. And I've talked about this in the past, but I can use a block schedule with my kids. And instead of writing, I can draw in the tasks for them. And this is really useful for them to be able to see at a glance what we're doing throughout our day. Again, this system is really great for moms because it helps you find a place for all different kinds of tasks. You can fit in your self-care to a certain block and your other get it done tasks into an entirely different block. So block scheduling is really great for finding balance. And I think that's, that's what it's best for. It allows you to fit in the things that you wouldn't necessarily put on a standard to-do list because it is a, a full schedule for your day. And this is also the system that I like best for kids and find that my kids thrive under. Block scheduling is not great for people who are looking for more flexibility. So a block schedule can feel really, really rigid. It doesn't have to be that way, but just having your day organized so minute by minute can feel a little bit stressful, particularly for those people who don't like rigidity in their day. It can also be really difficult to follow a block schedule if your day changes if your days change from day to day. So if you have a different schedule on Monday than you do on Thursday, it can be challenging to stick to a block schedule because you're not able to kind of get into the flow of that routine. It's still doable, but I find that those situations make it a little bit more challenging. I personally love block scheduling for my kids, but it's not something that I use frequently for myself because I find some of these other methods work better for me. But like I said, my days are a combination of all of these methods to get as much done as possible. So there you have it. I hope that this has inspired you to think about some different ways that you can organize and figure out your to-do list and your schedules and that you'll be on your way to getting as much done as you want to as a mom. One more quick note on getting more done. As much as this is a productivity podcast and as much as I'm all about getting things done, it's important to remember that breaks are a very important part of getting things done. There is more to productivity than how many things you check off your to-do list and leisure, rest, and exercise will allow you to be more productive in the hours that you designate to, quote, be productive. So I hope you've learned something in this episode and that you can think of some ways to fit more into your day so that you can enjoy more peace and family time in your nights. Next week, we're talking food again, and we'll be talking all about how to avoid waste in your kitchen. It's going to be a good episode, and I hope you tune in. Thanks for listening. Happy cooking, happy planning, and happy simple life. 